We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Cody and Derek, back at you guys with another episode here. I know it's a little bit later than we typically like to record these previews, but we're here and we just finished with our friends over at the Cannon Fire podcast. And uh, they do a great job over there. We were able to hop onto their show and we just kind of decided, hey, due to how late it is, uh, we just wanted to kind of let you in on our conversation with them. It's a great conversation all about Colts and Bucks. And we, you know, we didn't want to rehash kind of some of the similar things that we'd be talking about, Derek. And so uh, we're just going to show you guys here and let you in on the conversation that we had with them because it's a really great conversation. Um, so for you guys who are used to kind of the format here that we record on, it's going to look a little bit different just so you're aware. But let's jump into that, that Derek. I'm really excited about the conversation we had with both Evan and Redicus over there. They did a great job. So without further ado, we'll hop into it. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire podcast live on YouTube today. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. Joining us today, I, I love collaborating with these guys, and whenever our two teams get together, we get to talk to them. Joining us from the Bring the Juice Colts podcast, Derek Larger and Cody Felger. Pleasure to have you guys back on the podcast as we preview this week's matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Indianapolis Colts. A couple of teams coming into this week. I mean, must win games for both of these ball clubs here, you know, floating on the edge of mediocrity. The Bucs at four and six still in contention for a very ugly division in the NFC South. But, you know, a tough couple of games here ahead. And it starts with this Indianapolis team. You're looking to bounce back against a tough loss last week against a vastly superior San Francisco 49er football team. And the Bucs also coming into this one a little bit hurt. So overall, mixed feelings all around uh, coming into this one, but a very winnable game for both teams here this week. But boys, first and foremost, how are we doing? Evan, how are you doing? 
I'm doing good. Yeah. And um, I mean, two teams that you know don't play each other a ton. Uh, it's not like the the Bucks and, and Colts ha- have this huge history. Uh, of course, the last time these two teams played was a pretty wild game, actually, um, where it was sort of back and forth, a pretty high scoring game. Leonard Fournette scoring with a few seconds left and the Colts almost winning the game because the kickoff almost got returned. Uh, kind of a wild game. So we'll see what type of game we're in store for here. But uh, yeah, I mean, I do agree. Obviously, the Colts are coming off their bye week coming off two straight wins as well though so they're sitting at five and five and they suddenly you know they find themselves in the mix for a playoff spot so like you know they sort of need this win too to get over 500 and yeah the Buccaneers I mean going three games under 500 just would not be a recipe for success especially if they're trying to win the AFC South so yeah both teams in need of a win here so guys how are Colts fans feeling at this juncture of the season I mean a big surprise and the biggest news of the week is the departure of linebacker Shaquille Leonard, who's been, you know, a former all pro on that defense. He's been a staple at the linebacker position. You know, where do you guys feel this season is taking you so far? And and with what you have left, how are you feeling? Well, I mean, I could definitely start by saying that uh, I think that the general interest in the team has definitely not been as great as we would have liked to give in the, the fact that Anthony Richardson went out really early in the season, you know, that's kind of what this whole season was about was, you know, finding a way to get Anthony Richardson on the field, see what he can do, and then look forward to 2024. Even amongst, you know, the quarterback changes, your star running back wasn't ready for the first four games of the season. Uh, and then you had all these injuries and a coaching change. And then of course, obviously what you're seeing with Shaquille Leonard, I mean, even amongst all of that, you still find yourself at five and five after your buy still with a chance to, you know, still have a chance to make the AFC playoff picture. I mean, we are only in that ninth seed right now, but if we win this game and one other team loses that we need to, there's a possibility this team could uh, actually get back into the playoff picture So, I mean, if you're a Colts fan right now, I mean, you're definitely thinking for everything we've had to deal with, this season is actually still going relatively good given all the things we've had to see. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Yeah, I tell you what, guys, uh, the last couple of years, just being an Indianapolis Colts fan, it's been a roller coaster of emotions. You know, some really high highs and then some really low lows. You know, you mentioned the the 2021 game. Actually, I was at, I was at that game. It was a pretty wild game, all, all things considered. And I remember, you know, we, we talked in that game and previewed that game beforehand. Um, but just since that season with the Carson Wentz stuff, you know, it, he actually had a pretty good game in that game, if I'm not mistaken. He actually played pretty decent. Um, but but anyway, um, it's been a lot of crazy stuff. And then obviously the culmination of everything last year with Frank Reich being fired midseason, Jeff Saturday coming on, all that, losing all those games you did. I tell you, man, and Derek, you can probably probably agree with me on here. It's been a breath of fresh air this year, despite some of the challenges with Anthony Richardson missing some time, you know, some different players going down. I mean, Shane Steichen has been just such a good find for the Indianapolis Colts this year at head coach. It's just, it's night and day from what they had previously and in so many different aspects. And you mentioned the Shaquille Leonard news. Um, I think that's one of the things you see from Shane Steichen that, frankly, you just, no, no pun intended, you just didn't see from the previous regime. Um, you know, and that that thing called accountability, which is so easy to say but so hard to practice. And, you know, people like to think of Shaq as from what he was even in 2021. He just hasn't been the same player the last couple of years. You know, the injuries and all that stuff. Um, he just hasn't been the player that we're so used to. Um, and the Colts, you know, holding him accountable there and holding – you know, setting that standard and holding that line, it's been refreshing to see because they've not just, that's not been the, it's been the most notable news, but it's not been a, you know, it's been a pretty common trend for Shane Steichen and company this year is, you know, when they say accountability, they're actually going to practice it. They're going to practice what they preach. And so, yeah, it's definitely tough and shocking. And, you know, from a player from Shaq, who's been, you know, so involved with this team for so many years and made so many big plays for the organization, it definitely was surprising when they did it, but I think it is a good, it sends a, a really strong message to the locker room that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, a high round pick, if you're getting paid nearly $20 million a year, if you're not performing and you're hurting the football team, ultimately, you know, that's not going to fly. So um, it's been, definitely been refreshing despite some of the things this year and the fact that the Colts have already surpassed their win total from a year ago. I know some people like to play the tankathon game, but, Hey, you know what? If you're building that winning culture and, you know, if you're setting that standard now, I mean, I, I love, I've loved, it's been so refreshing this year, despite some of the challenges. Yeah. Injury is going to be a big part of the conversation this week as we dive into the game, at least for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a couple of confirmed players out on the defensive side of the ball. That is team captain Levante David, who is the most short tackler they have there in that linebacker room. Jamel Dean at the cornerback position and Mike Green, a recent addition who did not travel with the team. And now there are a couple of guys who are considered questionable for this game as well. Devin White with an injury, Carlton Davis at the cornerback position, and now Rashad White, who was not on the injury report at all this week, but uh, pops up with a knee injury, and he is going to be a game-time decision as with the rest of those guys on that questionable list. So let's just dive right into it, and let's talk about where the Bucks are on defense this week because it's an interesting situation, not only with, the starters that you have out already, but the reliance on these younger guys, because that's what's going to have to happen this week. And they have been a hot topic of conversation for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. These last few weeks, they have been playing well guys like Kalijah Kansi, Yaya Diaby getting more meaningful reps on the defensive line. And now another rookie in the fold, Servassier Dennis potentially going to be playing some more meaningful snaps. Maybe you see KJ Britt in there uh, playing some more meaningful snaps at a third year linebacker, but 
you know, there are a lot of guys on this defense who the Bucs are going to be relying on this week. And I don't know if this is the week for them to do it just because one, you're missing all of those starters. And, you know, on top of that, we've had to lean on this defense every single week this season, aside from maybe one. And I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of challenge they are in store for this week with the indie offense being what it is. I know they're definitely going to try and run the ball with Jonathan Taylor this week. At least that's what my gut says. But Evan, how do you feel about the Bucks defense headed into this one? Definitely shorthanded. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. And, you know, you're, you're hoping that Devin White and Carlton Davis, even though both players have struggled this season, um, you know, especially at times, I think a lot of Bucks fans have pointed to Carlton Davis and Devin White as two main reasons why when the Bucks defense struggles, it's a lot on them. Uh, so you're hoping those two guys can play. Uh, if you don't, I mean, you're going to be down two starting linebackers, two starting corners. I mean, that's, yeah, that's not going to be easy. Uh, I do believe Sarasia Dennis is definitely going to be playing a lot more. So that's a young player. I think Josh Hayes, uh, the seventh round pick from Kansas State this past year, I think he is another guy who could be playing a lot more as well. So I wonder if Indy, you know, you say you, you think they want to, or to run the ball. I wonder if they sort of maybe look to attack this Tampa secondary, especially if Carlton Davis is out as well, because then you're looking at it as who else scares you in that secondary besides Anton Winfield Jr. You know, it's going to be D Delaney, Ryan Neal, Josh Hayes, uh, Zion McCullum at corner. So I could see, you know, guys like Michael Pittman Jr. Possibly having a good day here. Um, if Gardner Minshew is able to get time. Uh, and, and as for, you know, the time aspect of it. Yeah. Okay. The Buccaneers don't have any real pass rushers on the injury report, but they've struggled to get pressure consistently with four guys. So let's say they wanted to send Levante David on a blitz or, send Devin White on a blitz. They might not be able to do that now with a guy like Savasse Dennis or KJ Britt. So that limits their ability to do that. And I do think that with this defense being shorthanded, I don't think it automatically means, you know, the Colts are going to score 35 points, but I do think you could see some sloppiness out there that normally you wouldn't see from certain groups, uh, you know, being the linebacker group, like you said, Levante David being such a short tackler um, and so good at this old age, you know, the, you, you would think he slows down, but he doesn't. Uh, Devin White's explosiveness, even though it does come with the inconsistency. And I, I think that, yeah, there will be times where maybe you see some lapses uh, on the defense on Sunday. I do think that the Colts could take advantage of that from time to time. And, and let's be fair here, talking statistically with where the Bucks rank in defensive efficiency uh, with Levante David, with Jamel Dean, with Carlton Davis, with all of these guys on the field, the Bucks still average 270.7 yards given up through the air per game, which is number 31 in the NFL. Uh, this secondary has been picked on all year and it is easy to throw the ball on them. That that's, that's, that's what it is. But you know, I, I talk about that reliance on younger talent and this is where I bring up that run game because while the bucks have done one thing well on defense this year, the red zone defense is still number one in the NFL. But on the other side of that, uh, they've done a really good job shutting down the run, but I just I want to attribute all of the guys who were not playing this week to that. You know, Devin White not being 100%, Levante David not even being out there. I know Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean don't do a whole lot for this run game, but you know, there's just a lot of inexperience and you're expecting a big week from your backup interior defensive line. Guys like Kalijah Kansi who have been playing well, but you know, he may be a better pass rush guy than a run support guy at this point. Uh Vita Vea who leads the team in sacks. Uh, Logan Hall, who 
it, you know, he, he is what he is at this point. So you're relying on a lot of young talent, and it makes me think that while this has been a strength, the run defense so far this season, it could be a huge weakness this week, um, especially if Jonathan Taylor gets going early in this game. But I'll toss it over to you guys, Cody. You know, what do you think is on the docket for the Colts offensive game plan this week? And, and you know, there's a couple of different weak points of this Buccaneers defense, which has been stout so far this season, but a couple of different ways they uh, ways they can approach it this week. So what are you thinking? Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because the last couple of weeks, it's been probably the worst we've seen the Colts offense look this whole year. You know, Gardner Minshew for a while, the, the Colts were pushing the ball down the field and they were, you know, making some things happen. And then we've kind of seen him kind of take a step back in terms of because it was like it would be the big plays, but you'd have the turnovers. And now it was like you eliminate the turnovers, but now you're not getting the big plays. And so um, I'm thinking what the Colts are going to probably try to do is get Minshew comfortable early. You know, get get the ball out of his hands quickly because, I mean, he's a guy that he can make the throws down the field. He doesn't have the biggest arm, but he still can do it. Um, and, you know, the Colts have done a pretty good job of protecting him as of recent. So I think what they're going to try to do, I think you're right. They're going to try to establish that run. They're going to try to get him comfortable early and not make him throw it you know, the majority of the time, um, you know, I think that's been kind of the thing while, you know, the Bucks have a really good run defense, the Colts, the last couple of weeks, they kind of struggled a little bit to run the football effectively, which is kind of surprising because, you know, with Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss, who are a really good run to one, two punch, I would say, um, you know, I think it's been just the lack of being able to push the ball down the field effectively. And so I think if the Colts can, can do that, that'll take the pressure off, of, you know, this running game and and trying to rely on them. And then, you know, having Gardner Minshew have to throw it. And he that's just not the way that you win football games with Gardner Minshew. So um, I'm thinking they're going to try to establish that run early, but also get Gardner Minshew comfortable back there. Because um, sometimes he holds onto the ball. He tries to make a play happen. And he creates his own pressure. That's what we saw a lot against the Patriots is there would be no pressure. And he senses that phantom pressure and then he runs into a sack or he runs into a quarterback hit. And you're just like, what are you doing? Like step in the pocket and make the throw. You know, he was just missing guys. And I don't want to take all what Derek's going to say, because I know we've talked about this a lot uh, the last couple of weeks. But, you know, it's just Gardner Minshew's just got to play better ball. He's got to be smarter. He's got to be more accurate. And I think the way the Colts can do that is if they can take the pressure off of Gardner Minshew to go and win the game for them and they can get back to running the football effectively, I think that's going to go, you know, really, really well for them. But again, you know, it goes both ways because if the Colts can run the ball effectively, then hopefully they can take the pressure off. But if they can push the ball down the field a little bit more to, you know, you mentioned a buck secondary, that's very, very exposed. Like they can be exposed if they can do that. Um, I think that's just going to go well for both units. And so it, it's kind of a, a take and give a little bit with it. But I do think that's kind of been the issue with them is because of their lack of lack of pre, or their, I guess, predictability the last couple of weeks. It's kind of really hurt the run game, I think, because they teams know they haven't been able to really beat them down the field. But I do think they have the pieces at tight end and receiver to do that. They just, I think the problem, honestly, has just been Gardner Minshew the last few weeks for the Colts. So um, if, if he can get back to what he was doing, say, in that Cleveland game where he pushed the ball down the field effectively and the Colts offense was, you know, mind you, against one of the best, if not the best defenses in the NFL, if he can get back to doing that and eliminate a few of the turnovers, I think the Colts will be just fine. And I think the bye week couldn't have come at a better time because the last two weeks the Colts have played offense, it hasn't been pretty. Like you mentioned, the Bucks having to rely on their defense. Well, that's what the Colts have had to do the last 
two wins they've had, although they, you know, it looks pretty on the, on the win column. It hasn't been two pretty wins at all, especially in the offensive side of things. So uh, they got to get back to their winning ways and, you know, Shane Steichen, you know, being the offensive mind he is, I, you know, I have to believe he's going to have some more things uh, figured out here for this offense because it kind of got stuck in neutral the last two weeks. Cody left me a lot of information there to uh, run <laughs> Sorry. with. Uh, it's all good, but um. But yeah, I mean, this uh, bye week, like you said, could not have come at a better time. You know, some of the injuries that we had to deal with, you know, being able to get some guys back. Unfortunately, you know, with Ryan Kelly, uh, Ryan Kelly, our uh, center is not going to be playing in this game. And he's been the number one center all year. I mean, he's been the best center in football. So, you know, being that anchor in the middle that's going to be tough for Wesley French to be able to handle that responsibility, especially since, you know, we know how uh, Tampa Bay has been over the last several years. That's playing against the run. We know that they can stop it. We know they got big boys in the middle that are impossible to move. So, you know, that, that makes it tough for them. But I mean, it's one thing for Indy. We've kind of seen it recently where Steichen really likes to get the run game going early and then just go to almost a straight pass attack, uh, just kind of out of the blue. You know, the first drive or two goes to the running backs. I mean, in that uh, game against New England, there were 10 plays ran on the first drive. Nine of them were uh, runs to either Zach Moss or Jonathan Taylor, and Jonathan Taylor touched the ball, I think it was nine times on the opening drive. So, I mean, John, they like to get Jonathan Taylor started early. Uh, one thing you didn't see in the New England game or even in the Carolina game for the most part was Zach Moss. And I think that Sykin is going to get them more involved, uh, both of them now, because you need uh, to keep both of them fresh. And I think Zach Moss, especially being in like that red zone opportunity will be huge because he's the, he's the bruiser. He's the brawler. He's the guy that's going to, you know, make it really difficult for defenses to have to continue to try and tackle him. Uh, As far as everything else goes, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how the Colts attack it. Like Cody was saying with the first couple games that, that uh, Gardner Minshew came in to be the starter it's kind of done a 180 where he was doing a phenomenal against really good defenses like the Jaguars defense, the Cleveland defense was thrown for over 300 yards a game, was thrown for a couple touchdowns each game. Like he had those going, but the problem was, like he said, too many turnovers and it cost the Colts games. That's why they kept losing those games because Gardner Minshew couldn't get out of his own way. Now he's being the ultimate game manager. Don't turn the ball over and we'll be able to do just enough to be able to win the game. Now, obviously, you don't want to go in with that kind of game plan every week uh, and especially not against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are a a team that grinds for everything they get. So I'm not I I don't think that we're going to look into that. You know, Steichen is certainly going to try and figure out a game plan to try and work somewhere in a happy uh, middle you know, being able to see Gardner Minshew make a couple more throws. Uh, but like Cody said at the beginning, it's it's difficult to really say that now because Gardner Minshew has completely flipped over the last couple of weeks and it has not been good performances. So if there was ever a week that Indy was going to take advantage of throwing the football, you guys said it before, it might be the it might be this week, but I'm not I'm still not uh sold on Gardner Minshew to do that. 
And it's a shame about Gardner Minshew because uh, he was my guy. You know, the Bucks were in the market for a quarterback uh, in the category of a stopgap quarterback, you know, a free agent you bring in on a one-year deal to try out. And there was a list, you know, guys like uh, Derek Carr were on that list for the Bucks, even though he was probably a little too pricey anyways. But Baker Mayfield and Gardner Minshew were like one and two on that list. And I was a, I was a Gardner truther. I, I still think Minshew mania can turn it around at some point this season, but, but I don't know. It seems like, you know, once you hit that 180, and it's as obvious that it is as it is where you're failing the eye test every single week. I, I don't know if you can shake off that reputation at this point in the season, but I don't know. I got my fingers crossed, but we talk a little bit more about the Buccaneers defense this week, and I will wrap it up with this. I, I think the Bucks defense, you know, the biggest difference maker for them this week is going to be that pass rush. It, it's going to be what that defensive line can do and even more so what they can do rushing four down linemen, because we've talked about that time in and time out. So far this season, you have to get pressure with just four down linemen. And it's been a grind, kind of like you said, you know, it hasn't been night and day progress. But I will tell you the improvements we have seen from the young guys so far in this defense. Yaya Diaby already with four sacks this season, and it feels like he's barely played. I mean, you compare him to the rest of the, uh, you know, the rest of the defensive starters with the snap counts. He's definitely not making too much of a dent. So he's been effective. Kalijah Kansi, when he's been healthy. He's been effective, and the Bucs are going to have to lean on both of those guys in this pass rush this week. I mean, even the rest of the guys who are healthy obviously have to step up, but Gardner Minshew has proved that uh, he may not be the type of guy that, I don't know, is going to take over the game, clearly, uh, but he is the type of guy who you can coax into making some mistakes, and I think that's how the Bucs are going to get him this week. I don't know if it's going to be sacks. I think it's just going to have to be constant pressure. But if the Colts are in a situation where the run game doesn't work and they have to force Gardner Minshew to throw the ball 40 times, I don't know if that's going to be a recipe for success. But Evan, your final thoughts on the Bucks defense before we talk about the other side of the football here. Yeah, I found it interesting you know, what the guy said about Gardner Minshew, you know, essentially running into sacks at times and creating his own pressure. And I think that's something that would help the Bucks because, uh, you know, like we just talked about and like you mentioned, the pass rush is going to be a key. And quite frankly, when the Bucks haven't blitzed, they haven't had much success. So, um, you know, it's going to be important for guys like Shaq Barrett, Joe Trishawinka. Um, and a lot of the other guys to to be able to step up and and play well in this game and uh, create the, the, those timely sacks and also turnovers. I mean, the Buccaneers defense was so good and early in the season at getting turnovers and they've cooled down a little bit for sure. Um, and you know, I, I mean, you know that the Colts guys did say that you know the lack of explosive plays leads to less turnovers, and that's you know there's definitely a correlation with that. Um, but at the same time, like I still think there might be an opportunity here uh, for the Buccaneers to maybe get a pick or two. Uh, and it's you know, like, we, like we talk about with the injury report; it's going to be an inexperienced player stepping up. There's going to have to be uh, somebody like a Servasse Dennis or Josh Hayes. One of these guys is going to have to step up and play well. Because if they don't, I you know it could be it could be a long day for the defense, and you know it's a lot of young players, and when things aren't going well for young players, sometimes it can snowball. So uh, hopefully it, it doesn't have to be that way on Sunday, and hopefully uh, the Bucks can you know ride the momentum of their defense, and you know hopefully you know the defense can carry them to you know lead, have the offense be in position to be successful. On the other side of the football, as we break down the Buccaneers' offense headed into this one an even more critical week for them now with the questionable status of Rashad white. If you don't have Rashad white this week, 
Man, oh man, is this going to be an important game for Baker Mayfield. Less checkdown options, obviously. The emergence of Rashad White in this passing game, I think, is one of the biggest reasons we have seen not necessarily a resurgence, but a nice uptick in efficiency week in and week out. Rashad White, I think, second in the NFL in running back receiving yards, which you love to see uh, his production over the last few weeks. But it's an unproductive rushing attack. Rashad White, you know, he he hasn't proven to be the three down back the Bucks want him to be, but he's the only reason they have any semblance of a run game. So now you're going to be dressing potentially Chase Edmonds and your boy Keyshawn Vaughn uh, here for this game, unless they decide to activate Sean Tucker, which we haven't heard that news, so I doubt they will. What are your thoughts, Evan, as uh, this Buccaneers offense? I don't want to say they come in handicapped or limit. Well, maybe limited, uh, even more limited than they usually are because the run game isn't going to be there. You still have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and maybe a big day for Baker throwing the ball, but you're also going to be potentially counting on Baker Mayfield to throw the ball upwards of 35, 40 times, which for the Bucks is above that magic number they like to keep him at. So so what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I don't I don't really think um, like missing out or Shaw White is huge in terms of the run game. I do think, like you said, it hurts you more in the passing game, uh, especially recently. Uh, Rashad White, the past three or four weeks, has been a real weapon uh, in the passing game for this Buccaneers offense and really has opened it up and and made it look better. So not having him is going to hurt a guy, Chase Edmonds, who has experience catching the ball, uh, is going to have to step up in that fashion. So, uh you know, and that that's just, you know, if Rashad White doesn't play, he's still he's questionable. It just kind of sucks that, you know, he's added to the injury report late. So clearly something's bothering him there. And you hope that if he does play that he's, uh, you know, he can be at 100% and be efficient enough uh, for the Buccaneers to be able to be productive. That when you do catch the ball, like, are you going to, you know, you're going to be a little bit slower or could you re-injure it? So that's, that's what you're, you're sort of hoping there. But in terms of the actual run game, look, look, I think we've all, I, you know, the, the 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 Colts fans don't really know this, but the Bucks can't run the ball. Okay, and and a lot of Bucks fans before the season thought they'd be able to. Now, sort of as we're halfway done, over halfway done the season, Bucks fans have pretty much accepted this team isn't going to be able to run the ball like crazy. Right? They're they're just not going to be able to do it. So I don't really think it's a huge loss in terms of that. I do think though it does limit you in the passing game. And you're right, it is going to put more pressure on the quarterback when you don't have your starting running back. I mean, that is going to put more pressure on, on Baker Mayfield. And you hope that he doesn't have to throw the ball 35, 40 times because that would likely mean a lot more incomplete as well you hope it's it's efficient uh but we'll have to wait and see you know there there hasn't been a game this season aside from maybe houston where the offense has had to put the team on their back and go win the game and this week they may potentially have to do that like we're talking about potential of big plays for the defense and if they come up with them that's great but you're still gonna have to score points and you're still gonna have to find ways to move this ball and they have done that i will talk about you know, Rashad White being a big part of that success, and he is still questionable. He could be active on Sunday, and we still hope that he is. But, you know, this offense has shown improvement. I'd argue they've shown improvement since, I mean, even since the Houston game. I know it's only been a couple of weeks, but they were moving well, the ball I mean, the, well. the, the Houston game, they were really good. I mean, I would say, I would say ever since that, that Atlanta game, I, I yeah. think the Atlanta game, the offense was bad. Like the Atlanta game, the offense is really bad. They lost them that game, basically. Uh, but ever since then, like the offense has gotten better. Um, so, I mean, r- really quick, I, I wanted to, I wanted to throw it, I wanted to throw it to Derek. 
when you're looking at this Colts defense, one, what is the strength? Because honestly, going to be completely real with y'all. I don't watch a ton of Colts games. Like oh, I, I, I'm not sitting here watching a, a ton of Colts games. So when you're looking at, at this defense, uh, what is the strength? I mean, they've only allowed what 19 points over the last two games. I know it's against the Panthers and Patriots, so not the best competition, but it's still the NFL. 19 points over the last two games, pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, and ironically enough, I think it's crazy because our past defense has actually been our strength uh, as of this year. I mean. The Indianapolis Colts typically aren't a bad defense against the run. Now, this year they have been. They haven't been great against the run, and that was before our big defensive tackle, uh, Grover Stewart, ended up you know, having to be suspended because of PEDs and whatnot. And so he is one of the best run-stopping defensive tackles in the entire NFL. And he's going to miss this game because of that suspension. So what the Colts were already not great at coming into this matchup, they're going to be even worse. Uh, I think ever since Grover Stewart has missed, I think the Colts are giving up on average like 125, 130 yards a game rushing. So they're not good at stopping the run uh, this year. And it's amazing that the pass defense has been the best because We've been decimated in the secondary. We're already so young going into this year. Um, and Kenny Moore is the only vet really in that in that unit. Uh, and he's been phenomenal over the last couple of weeks. Kenny Moore has really shined. And, you know, he had those two pick sixes against the Carolina Panthers. He made their life uh, absolutely terrible. Um, and he's been great over the last over the whole season, really. And, you know, we had Juju Brents earlier in the year. He's still not playing in this game. Uh, had a quad injury, and it's just not healing very fast. Uh, Daryl Baker Jr., he's been benched. He's The only reason he's playing now is because of how uh, low we are on, on the uh, chart when it comes to the injuries. Uh, we're, we're missing out on a couple other people. Dallas Flowers, our other starting corner for this year, had an ACL injury, and he's out now. So, you know, you're on to your fifth, your fifth string guys on the outside right now for Indy. Uh, but nevertheless, it's not been bad for us because outside of it, I mean, Kenny Moore's been great being in the slot, but then your safeties, Rodney Thomas and Julian Blackman, both are having really great seasons this year. So teams are not really stretching the field too much uh, in the back, which is really nice. But Outside of that, I mean, it's crazy because we we have a really solid front four, but yet we're just not able to really slow the run that much. Even with Zaire Franklin, who has who's the leading tackler in the NFL this year, still hasn't quite been the difference maker at stopping the run. So, you know, for a team like you said, for you guys that doesn't run the football very well, uh, that certainly is the weakness for Indy, and it's certainly the strength being able to stop big plays in the pass game. I think it's unfortunate that Rashad White popped up on the injury report as late as he did, uh, because regardless, he's not going to be out there 100% if he is playing. And this is a Bucks run game that I really don't have that much faith in to begin with. So, you know, if they're operating on spare parts or even Rashad White not at 100%, I just don't think they're going to get the job done. I think if the Bucks do anything on offense this week to win the game, they're 
going to have to rely on Baker. He's going to have to air it out, and that's going to be a challenge. You just talked about that being the strength of this Colts defense, but I do think the Bucks have the necessary tools to get it done. You know, Mike Evans still healthy. Chris Godwin still healthy, even though he hasn't quite been used as much as we would like him to. Maybe this is the week. But really, I think the biggest X factor on offense for the Bucs this week is going to be the involvement of Trey Palmer. I think that's going to be one of the biggest difference makers in how they're able to move the ball down the field this week. But Cody, I'll toss it back over to you talking a little bit more about the Colts defense, you know, your expectations for this week in the matchup. I think it definitely is going to be a challenge just knowing the the skill positions that Tampa Bay still has. You know, you've had those for years and. You know, it's always been a challenge, but um, I do think the Colts have the, you know, the opportunity here, um, you know, to be able to to play some pretty good football on them. You know, it does. It is unfortunate that Julius Brent uh, is not playing in this game. We were hoping he'd come back after the bye. He's missed the last couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, they still do have some corners that I think can can do their jobs pretty decently. Jalen Jones, seventh round pick this year. You know, nobody really expected him to make you know much contribution on the defense. He's been rookie corners in the NFL. He's been very, very good for the Indianapolis Colts. You already hit Derek already mentioned the safeties as well, um, who I think maybe started off the year, not super fast, but really have come on the last three, four weeks and have really played really, really good football for the Colts. Um, and I am interested, you know, talking about the run game, you know, with the, uh, with Shaquille Leonard not being in there now, you know, it gives more of an opportunity for a guy like EJ speed, you know, who has played well in the limited role he's had. And some of these other linebackers, you know, does that potentially help in some of those areas, maybe where the Colts have struggled because, um, he really did struggle in, in the run game and the pass game um, in a lot of different aspects. So I'm curious kind of how that works out. And then also, I think the Colts are going to have to get pressure early and often on Baker Mayfield. Um, we already know, you know, DeForest Buckner, what he's able to do from that three technique position. Um, but they have some other guys on the edge that have shown some flashes. You know, Dio Dangbo coming off a three sack game against the Patriots. He kind of plays a little bit of everywhere. He plays inside. He plays outside. You know, he is one of those physical freak guys that the Colts drafted in round two. Um, you know, probably would have been a first round pick if it hadn't been for the Achilles injury he suffered, you know, at at the end of his college career, which really forced him to miss half of his rookie season. But he's really starting to come on. And so he's a player you definitely have to know where, where he's at on the field. You know, he leads the Colts in sacks right now, six on the year. He's kind of having a nice bout. He's He's kind of having a nice breakout year here in year number three for him. Uh, you know, they have Quiddy Pay, who they drafted a couple of years ago in the first round. Uh, they signed Samson Mabukum in the offseason. He he can be a pretty solid uh, edge defender as well. He's never going to be crazy in terms of the sack numbers, but, you know, he's he's a solid all-around player for the Colts. So, And they've been really, really good the last couple of weeks, especially at getting after the quarterback. So that'll be something that I'm really interested interested to see if if indeed they're able to slow down this running game. You know, how will you know they be able to attack this Tampa Bay you know uh, passing attack that does have some some things going for them? You know, and and I think it ultimately will come down to can they get pressure? Can they continue? to make life difficult for quarterbacks. And I think if they can do that, they have a good chance in this game to, to make life tough for this Bucks offense. Yeah. You talked about DeForest Buckner, what a presence he is at the D tackle position. And honestly, if the Colts are going to get pressure, the conversation for the Bucks every week is that interior offensive line. Uh, you know, they, they've been better. They've been good. They've been above average. I'd argue at least from where they were at the beginning of the season, but they are still probably the biggest weakness uh, for the Buccaneers on the offensive side of the ball, aside from, you know, the run game that we talk so much about as well. But 
Aaron Stinney at left guard filling in. I mean, he has taken that job from Matt Filer, and I think he's going to have it for the rest of the season. He's been pretty good, but you know, he is a backup. And at this point, you got to see how consistent he can be week in and week out. We talk about Robert Hainsey not being a natural center. Buck's going to be in the market for another center next season looking for a replacement. And then uh, you got the rookie Cody Malk at right guard, who's been good, but he he's improving week in and week out. And he can definitely still be taken advantage of at this stage in his NFL career. But Evan, your thoughts on the Buccaneers offense and, and overall, you know, some of the uh, some of the X factors in this matchup. Yeah, I think you already mentioned an X factor. I think it's, one of them is Chris Godwin. Um, you know, we, we've seen early on, really early on this season, Chris Godwin really wasn't that involved uh, in the Bucks offense, and then they started to get him more involved. And what do you know? The Bucks offense started to move the ball a little bit more, and it was he was involved, and now he sort of dipped a little bit more, um, especially in that San Francisco game. Like he did not do much at all in that San Francisco game. It can't just be the Mike Evans show because especially if Rashad White doesn't play, then you're you're limited there as well. You need to have a guy like Chris Godwin who's going to be there with Rail. He can catch the ball. He has a bunch of reliable hands. On a third down, that's who you want to go to. Like, you know, I just think Chris Godwin in this type of matchup is really important. And I think the Buccaneers should, and I, I do think they will. I, I don't I don't think they're gonna, you know, continue to ignore him. Like I think they're gonna try and get the ball to him early and often. And I think they're gonna test this, you know, this indie secondary out, which you know, it's interesting that you know they are better against the pass, which doesn't bode great for the Buccaneers because like I mean, like we just talked about, like the Bucks strength on all offense is the passing game it is utilizing those weapons so with that you know they're gonna have to get a little bit creative on how they get the ball to mike evans and chris godwin and even kate otten and rashad white if he does play if rashad white doesn't play how are they gonna get the ball to chase edmonds but um i do think one of the keys to unlocking this offense is chris godwin uh the bucks offense like you we mentioned has been better uh, but I do think that, especially with the defense being as banged up as it is, I don't think you can expect the defense to carry its weight or as much weight as it has this whole season uh, with so many inexperienced players and most likely filling important roles. So I think the offense is going to have to step up in this one. And I think Chris Godwin's a big key for that. And I also think protecting Baker Mayfield, uh, being able to protect him well. And uh, hopefully, you know, he had two turnovers last week and had a couple where, they were drop picks. He could have had a few more. Hopefully it doesn't become a trend because he's done such a good job this season of limiting the turnovers. And I think that's been a big reason for his success. And every, you know, every week when we do the, the Q and a for Bucks nation, uh, people ask me, Oh, Baker Mayfield has been a big story. What has it been? And, you know, I, I say the same thing almost every time, like the turnovers that he has been able to limit has been a huge key for not only his success, but the Bucks offense as a whole, because turnovers are, are just killer. I mean, they're absolutely killer and can't happen. So the Bucks offense is going to need to, especially with a shortened, you know, banged up defense, the Bucks offense is really going to need to avoid giving this indie offense short field. So I think playing a clean game and being able to get Chris Godwin involved is pretty important in this one. Yeah, especially with the road they have for the rest of the season, you know, not much room for error on both sides of the ball for the Buck, but especially this week. One last question before we get to score predictions. It's from our buddy Richard T on the West Coast in chat, and he brings up an interesting point. Derek, I want to toss it to you. You can take the lead on this one, but are the Colts better off without Shaq Leonard? We talked at the beginning of the show about how big of a departure that was for your defense, at least from people with an outside perspective, because, you know, obviously he just hasn't been the same player. But in the long run, you know, did the Colts, did the Colts kind of rip off a Band-Aid here? 
yeah, I mean, long term, yeah, that it it was the right thing to do. Um, I know Cody and I have made a video about it earlier uh, in the week when it happened. You know, it, it's just one of those situations where the injuries that had piled up from Shaq over the years, it's just gotten to be too much for him. It's gotten to be too much. It, it just didn't go well for him. And we have seen it, especially over the last several weeks, that he has just not been the same player. He's he's missed tackles that he normally would do. Uh, he has been blown off of his assignment by linemen that he typically doesn't have happen and he hasn't been able to force turnovers like the way that he normally has which is his bread and butter that's what made him so special was his ability to force turnovers in his four seasons prior to what was going on he had 28 turnovers all by himself which is incredible for a player of his stature so it's one of those situations where we've seen it he's just not the same player it's a shock yes but at the end of the day, long term, you're saving a lot of money if you're the Indianapolis Colts by making this move as harsh as it may seem. Because uh, the, the Colts have a really great linebacker core. They don't need Shaq Leonard, which is a crazy thing to say. Because if you'd have told me that two years ago, I said you were crazy. Because Shaq Leonard was the best player on this defense by a long shot. But at this point, he is not even, some would argue he's not even the third best linebacker on our team right now. Which, I mean, this goes to show you, he's his value is just not worth what you're paying him. And at the end of the day, you're you're not going to make that contract be uh, any lower because you're not going to just say, "Hey, give me half the money back that we uh, told you, that we gave you rightfully." So, so at the end of the day, you had to make the decision. You feel good about the linebacker core you had, so I'm not too worried about it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, and I think also in addition to just kind of, and I think this is something that from what people had said, it was something that I think rubbed the Colts the wrong way was just the public talking to the media about you know the lack of playing time, you know, and kind of airing that out there for everybody to hear. And then when he gets the opportunity, he completely is just not, you know, taking advantage of that opportunity. And I think, it, again, it comes back to that accountability, right? It, it, it doesn't matter if you're paying a player what you're paying him, right? If he is hindering your team and he's hindering your defense, like, I don't care if you took him, you know, first overall, it doesn't matter. Uh, and, and I think that was just something that it needed to happen. I think we were all surprised at when it happened, but I guess the the way that I've made it make sense for me is like, Hey, you knew it was obvious. He wasn't a part of your future. He wasn't coming back next year. There was no question. Um, so you want to get a good look coming off the bye at some of these other linebackers that you have. Um, EJ Speed, I mentioned. Uh, Saguna Luby, who will probably get a lot more of a role here. He was a rook, undrafted rookie this year. Like some of those guys that you want to get more of a look at, who you do believe do have a chance to be a part of your future. I think that for that, you know, for the reasons Derek said, and also for those reasons, um, it just made a lot of sense for the Colts to rip off the mandate now. And 
You know, if Leonard really believes that he, you know, is the player that deserves, you know, a more playing time that he can go out to a team that can potentially give him more playing time. So I think the Colts probably did him a favor there in that department because, I mean, they, they came to him earlier in the week and told him before they cut him, they said he was going to be inactive. So it's not like he was going to even get any snaps in this defense. So um, for me, it made sense, I guess, with everything going on, but it definitely was a surprise at the when it happened, not that it happened. Yeah, I I, I get what you mean, 100%. Now, looking at the game for both teams this week, a must-win game for both teams this week. And for the Bucks, you know, Evan, I know you declared the Bucs season over a couple of weeks ago after the loss to Houston, but I mean, this this is it. Like, this legitimately, I feel like, is the last shot the Bucs have to prove that they're going to be any type of relevant team here down the stretch. Because yes, the door for the NFC South is still open, but if you're going to be a team that shows up in the postseason, you're going to have to beat a, a Colts team like this. You know, not... It, they still have Gardner Minshew, but he's been playing like crap lately. And uh, they they just they don't have their starting quarterback. They are ravished on the defensive side of the ball. They have been good. You talked about the young talent that are stepping up, especially in the secondary, because, man, you guys lost everybody. But, you know, they're still a team that I just think if you're going to be a division champion, you have to beat them. Yeah, you have to beat them. They are uh, really not going to be imposing down the stretch. I don't think the Bucks have a chance to be either. But if they do, it starts with beating this Colts team this week. And uh, that's what they're going to have to do. Will they do it? Oh, man. Uh, My score prediction for this one, I think it's a low-scoring game. Not a lot of offense for both of these teams. Maybe we do see a good amount of pass attempts for Baker Mayfield. um, But I don't know if it equates to, you know, over 28 points on the day. So I do think the Bucs eke out a victory in this one. And it is a pretty close game coming down to the wire. I've got the Bucks coming out on top 24 to 21. Uh, Evan, what is your score prediction? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it. And and honestly, like, you say, all right, this is it. I mean, we, we say that we, every week. <laughs> I, I know, yeah, but I, I think, you know, the next two games you have after this one, I believe, I mean, next week is definitely against Carolina. And I believe the week after that's against Atlanta. So that's two divisional games. I would argue those two are the ones that you know you got to win. However, the thing would be if you lose this one, you have to win both of them, right? There is no room for error. Um, you have to win both of them. Really, you lose this one, you drop to four and seven with what is that? Six games remaining. Even if if you go, you, you have to go what four and two. May, maybe four and two wins you the, the division. No guarantee. You may still lose out on the division. So I think you're making life a lot harder for yourself if you lose this game. When, when the Bucks' backs have been against the wall, they've typically responded pretty well, honestly. Um, they had a crushing, crushing loss against the Houston Texans. I mean, just a, a season changer, in my opinion, that if they don't make the playoffs, I think that's going to be the reason why. I think you're gonna, and if Todd Bowles is fired, I think you're going to look at that game as the reason why. But they came back the next week with their backs against the wall in a game they had to have to snap a three-game losing streak, or it was, it was four at that point, uh, to snap a four-game losing streak against the Tennessee Titans, and they played pretty well. So while I don't think it's going to be pretty, with all the injuries that the Bucks do have on defense, 
I do think the Bucks are going to win this game. I think it's going to be super, super close. Uh, I'm going to go 21-20 uh, Buccaneers. I think they just barely edge it out. Uh, I think the offense does just enough while the defense, the guys step up. And sometimes, you know, when you're playing shorthanded like that, sometimes you play a little bit better. I think you, you, know, you can play a little bit looser. Um, you know, and then these guys are going to come in there, Servasia Dennis and Josh Hayes and Yaya Diaby and all these guys, they're going to come in there with something to prove. And I think sometimes you just get hungrier players there. So I think it's going to matter. And I, you know, I look at the Colts past two wins and just like Cody said, you know, they haven't been pretty. Well, they were both against the Panthers and the Patriots. And I'm not a guy who like, oh, anybody can beat anybody, right? I'm not the guy who says, well, since this team beat this team, this team's better or whatever. But I do think the Buccaneers are better than both the Panthers and the Patriots. So I think if the Colts continue to play like they have, I don't know if those performances are going to be enough to beat Tampa Bay. So um, I do think the Buccaneers are just going to squeak this one out and uh, improve to five and six and essentially uh, really take some pressure off because you don't want to have back-to-back losses here. All right. So um I agree. The last two weeks for the Colts, they haven't been pretty. Um, you know, they, they just haven't like won in very convincing. I guess the Carolina game maybe more so, but even the even then the offense was not uh, doing very much. It was very much the defense and Kenny Moore in that game. And so I do think it was like like we said earlier, the perfect time for the Colts to to have this buy um, for them to look at the film for Shane Steichen and company for everything, just to be able to kind of reevaluate some things on the offense. And so I have enough faith in Shane Steichen that I feel like the Indianapolis Colts will bounce back in some ways in their passing game. Um, one guy we forgot to mention, and I can't. I don't know how we forgot to mention him. Josh Downs, the rookie out of North Carolina. He has been sensational this year. And the last two weeks, I don't think it's any uh, cor- – I think it is a correlation to why they've struggled. He has been injured, but he's played, but he's been very limited. Even so, he's made some plays even though he's been injured. And so getting him back fully healthy, I think is huge for this passing game. You know, a very, very susceptible defense to the passing attack. I think that the Colts are going to be able to pass it a lot more than they have the last couple weeks. I think Josh Downs is going to be probably the X factor in this game, especially with Tampa Bay a little bit beat up back there. Um, So I think the Colts are going to get some things right in terms of their offense. I think they're going to really start being able to open it up a little bit. Gardner Minshew has some time to kind of chill out a little bit uh, from what he was doing. And, and I think the Colts are going to get back to, to some of that success we saw, you know, in the Cleveland games and things of that nature, because the last two games have been more of the outlier for this offense. You know, they had been one of the best and most efficient offenses in the NFL and they kind of just dropped off. And so I think they're going to get back. They're going to get some things right. Shane Steichen, you know, he was, yeah, the Colts, uh, you know, had all those interviews with those guys. And they they believed in Shane Steichen for a reason. And so even without Anthony Richardson, I think the Colts will get some things right in this game. And I think they will score over 20 points in this game. I do think the Bucs, like you said, they are a better team than the last two, two weeks the Colts have played. They're better than the Patriots. They're better than the Panthers. I don't have any question about that. But I do think the Colts will do just enough. I think it will be a close game. But I think the Bucs are beat up. They're coming off, you know, from literally the other side of the country. Like, they're beat up, and they have a lot of things not going in their favor. Now, again, the Colts have not been great at home this year. So, you know, there's a lot of lot of different factors going both ways. But 
I, in my mind, I had a score of 24 to 20, um, the Colts coming out on top. And I do think there will be, it will really come down to, you know, who, who has the ball to end the game. And I think the Colts will do just enough with the, the running game, you know, getting Zach Moss a little bit more involved in the running game with Jonathan Taylor and, and also being able to get Gardner Minshew a little bit more right than he's been. Um, so I think that'll be just enough, but again, I do think it's going to be a very competitive game and, and ultimately, it's it's a huge game, like we said, for both teams. So, uh, but I do have the Colts just just barely winning this one. Uh, yeah, I think that Indianapolis will figure out some things. I mean, this is not going to be like 2021, where you know Frank Reich forgot that Jonathan Taylor is on this football team, uh, and then proceed to not run the football for him for with him for about two quarters. Uh, I don't think that's going to be a situation here. Shane Steichen uh, has this team playing at a much better uh, pace right now. And obviously coming off the bye, you're a lot more refreshed. You got a lot more time to strategize. I think that Indy has this one coming for them. Uh, I think it'll, I, I'm right in the middle with everyone here. Uh, I'm going to go Indy wins this one by a score of 27 to 21. Both of them remain in the 20s. The most points in a projection so far, though, we can all agree that I, I don't know if it's going to be too much of a shootout this week, but I, I do like pass attempts on uh, Baker Mayfield this week. If you are a betting person, which I am uh, with that being said, I believe that's just about going to do it for this week's game preview episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Thank you to Cody and Derek from Bring the Juice. It is a pleasure as always collaborating with you guys, and uh, we love chopping, chopping it up and talking ball with you. Where can people find you, your show, and uh, some more great content from you? Yeah, uh, you can find us pretty much anywhere. Um, you know, you can find us on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. I always will call it Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Find us on YouTube at Bring the Juice. Um, and yeah, you can find us on pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts as well. Um, so it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those things. You can find us on there as well. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at uh, CPFogger55. And Derek, I'll let you let them know where they can find you and all your stuff. Cody said everything there, but uh, follow me on Twitter, Derek underscore larger. I need to catch Cody and uh, followers. <laughs> there you go, man. Yep. Make sure you guys show them some love. It is a pleasure as always. And they put out really recording good stopped YouTube content, uh, YouTube content in particular. You know, I, I love the work that you guys do. And uh, you do a great job with that channel. You can find our stuff, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter slash X. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL. Check out his written work at BucksNation.com. Evan, what have you got on the slate this week? Well, uh, right out right now, I got the Q&A with um, the cold site, uh, Stampede Blue. So um, that's out on the site right now. Go check that out. Uh, it is actually interesting because a lot of the things that we talked about in that article were things that you guys share with us also, especially uh, the biggest thing I took away was, was, was the Shaq Leonard news. The, the guy I spoke with basically said, like, wasn't surprised it happened, but was surprised it happened at this point in the season. So I, I get that that sentiment a lot from, from Colts fans there. So, yeah, go check that out. BucksNation.com right now. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter slash X at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T 
AK US. If you follow me, I will follow you back. But that's the show. So, 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 Strip Matthew signing off for my co-host Evan Wanish and our guests from Bring the Juice, Derek Larger and Cody Felger. Thank you guys once again. We'll talk to you Sunday after the game live right here on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Cannon Fire Podcast should be a great game. We'll talk to you then. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.